0: you want to buy like 100 or 1000 pieces of this certain type of packaging, it's super simple, you just place your order, you receive it. But once you start, you know, considering a different size, there are not even that many uh, suppliers available that can provide this amount for us. And also, it's not just like a one time order, you have to keep supplying and, and and you have to be sure that this chain will not be interrupted. So it's it's a really difficult topic and, and, and the greater the size of the um, company the more difficult it gets and yeah there are just so many unpredictable uh, like parts like these moving parts.
1: This is Evolve CPG, a community of purpose-driven brand leaders who not only believe in better, but actively pursue it. As better products, better brands, and better leadership for a better world. Join our online community where we're going further, faster, together at community.evolvecpg.com. I'm your host, Gage Mitchell, founder and creative director of Modern Species, a sustainable brand design agency helping better brands grow and scale their impact. On today's episode, we're speaking with Elisa Zendiga, CSR manager at Printful, about the demand for sustainable products, the benefit of on-demand production, and the complexities of scaling sustainability across the globe.
0: I will probably start by explaining what is Printful, because I work for Printful, but I think it makes more sense to start with what the company is doing and why even I'm here. So what Printful essentially is, we're a white-label print-on-demand service provider. I would say like, it sounds super fancy, and probably not everyone understands <laughs> what a white-label means and what print-on-demand means. But the things that we do, we have our own product catalog, and uh, we like fulfill products based on this product catalog. So our customers create their line with their designs. We print on these products and we send out these products to their end customer. But I would say that like the essence of our business, it's not just the printing part. It's also the technical side, you know, that we do everything automatically. Customers don't have to even touch their product, you know, like we will print it, like the orders will come in automatically. We will check it for them. We will fulfill it. We will pack it and we will send it to the end customer. That's how the business module works. And I am a CSR project manager at Printful. I'm part of the brand team. And basically, I'm responsible for internal and external communication around corporate social responsibility.
2: Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us on the show today. I'm excited to chat with you because I have researched on-demand printing in the past for like personal projects or client projects. I seem to remember that Printful was at the top of our list when we researched them, both based on your services, your variety of products, but also your commitments to sustainability and social responsibility stood out in the crowd quite nicely. So I'm excited to dive more into that in a moment. But first, let's talk a little bit about your background, because I noticed when I was poking around on your LinkedIn that you started out in hospitality And then you kind of did some work in kind of building community before entering your corporate social responsibility work. So what drew you into hospitality and then how did that kind of career transition or career arc kind of fold out?
0: I would say that everything that's happening with my career is kind of like a wild mix of coincidences. You know, I would say that nothing of it was really thoughtfully planned out, but I'm super happy about like all the things that have happened. The journey that I'm part of. Hospitality was Truly a uh, coincidence, I was working in hotels like while I was still at school, like part of a summer job experience. I started in laundry service, and when I got a bit older, like in high school, they also opened up some, some places for interns in sales and marketing department. So I really enjoyed the experience working in the hotel, and I decided to stay there while I was at the uni. Because it was possible to combine this experience with studies. So yeah, like I was working in the reception at that time. And it was a great mix. Like I could work in the evenings or over weekends, uh, night shifts, and still, you know, attend full-time studies. Sustainability basically entered my life when I started my studies. It was also kind of a coincidence because I was planning, I've studied business management. But later on your third year, you're supposed to like uh, pick a niche. And I was convinced by that time that uh, I would like to focus on hospitality and, and tourism based on my career choices and, and the growth I've experienced in the hotel. But by the time I was supposed to pick the niche, this uh, hospitality niche did, didn't fill up, so I had to pick something else. Before university, to be honest, I didn't know much about sustainability and like corporate social responsibility as such, but we had a really great uh, professor and I would say that she is the person who drew me into this field and she made me passionate about it. Thanks to her inspiration, I actually picked the, the environmental field. Like it's still business management, but would focus uh, on environment And after finishing uni, I still worked in the hospitality industry, but also I volunteered as the responsible business coordinator in the hotel. So I organized all kinds of events. I also was a responsible business trainer. Like I trained employees for, you know, the recycling. I thought about food waste and also organized sponsorship events, that kind of activities. It was like A side hustle (laughs) (laughs) in the hotel, (laughs) if I may say so. A a side hustle that I wasn't paid for, (laughs) but I really enjoyed doing that. COVID hit, hospitality industry, I believe, suffered really hard in the world. So uh, I was kind of forced to switch the field. And I saw this community management position open at Printful and yeah, I thought it it kind of relates to, to what I know the best, you know, how to deal with customers, how to talk to them. So I, I started working at Printful and then year and a half later, there was this amazing opportunity to continue my career as a CSR project manager. And it's been my dream, actually. To, like Although I've stayed in hospitality industry for such a long time, since those early stages, like early years of uni, everything around sustainability has been like my passion. That's the content I'm consuming on a daily basis, like books that I read, videos that I watch. So it seems random on my CV, I know, but <laughs> uh, but it does make sense. It's, it's like my passion, the, the thing I'm most passionate about.
2: Nice. And, and yeah, I think as you explain that transition, it all totally makes sense. You were already doing a lot of that work. You just didn't have that title and those exactly. other roles. But then this opportunity popped up to where you could actually have that title and focus on it more full time. So that's super exciting. You mentioned that sustainability and responsibility is, is just a big part of your personal passion. And that happens to do with a lot of your reading and the media you consume. So I just have to ask random question that I'm popping up right now. What's kind of a book that you recently read that you'd recommend to our audience?
0: Oh, I'm currently reading a book called We Are the Weather. I'm just halfway through, but I'm just so excited about it. I don't know. It's making me rethink all my life choices. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm always really bad with remembering the authors of the books, but that's the same author who wrote uh, Eating Animals. I think that's like his most popular book. And he's actually, usually he writes fiction, but this book is more of a nonfiction type of thing, but he is using his fiction skills in this, you know, nonfiction, uh, dry stats type of book. It's It's just super good. I think everyone should read it at school already.
2: Great. Well, we'll share that out in the show notes for sure so that other people can take a look at it. I haven't read that one myself, so I'm going to put that on my reading list. Thank you. Cool. So you mentioned that you ended up working at Printful during this kind of COVID career transition and and found your way into sustainability. And again, I found Printful, I can't remember how many years ago, but at least a few years ago based on some of the sustainability metrics and attributes that they had on their website. So Do you know, I'm assuming you know, since it's partly your job now, but why is sustainability and responsibility important to Printful, the company, not just to you, but to the company itself?
0: Do you mean besides the reason that our planet is on fire? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but honestly, like nowadays, I think it's on everyone's plate. This is such an important topic. Our customers ask for it. Our employees ask for it and believe in it. So. I really don't think there is a deeper reason needed because it's just it's just something that, that we all have to think about it. And I think we can call it the new normal, basically.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I can get behind that. I think a lot of, let's say, 10 plus years ago, when I was coordinating events with people with the title Sustainability Director or Corporate Social Responsibility, sort of like your title, a lot of them in the early days said, my goal is to make my job irrelevant eventually because it'll be just the norm and it'll be the way all businesses practice. And I think we are getting to that point. Like you said, like every company needs to have somebody in sustainability or social responsibility or impact or whatever they call it at that company. So it is kind of standard for sure. And I think for a company like Printful that makes and ships a bunch of physical stuff around the world, it probably is even more necessary than let's just say like a law firm where You know, maybe they deal with a lot of paper, but they're not like packing and shipping stuff around the world. So you probably have a more tangible, like you see all this physical stuff coming in and out of the the factory. And and probably sustainability uh, comes to mind more easily.
0: For sure. Yeah, I completely agree.
2: I was poking around on the website and it seemed like there was some fairly fresh content from last time I looked at it, but what are you currently working on as a company to kind of improve your impact or your footprint?
0: The three base things, like how we divide our sustainability initiatives are like we focus on planet products and people. So when talking about planet, those are the things like packaging improvement, like fabric waste, product waste, like improving these areas. For products, obviously, those are our eco-friendly products where we're focusing on the fabric content or or material as such. And when we're talking about people, it's our sponsorship policy. You know, the projects where where we support other causes like outside our standard business procedures. And uh, yeah, also the work with our suppliers and our own employees. Of that
2: course. makes sense. It's always nice to have a framework and my uh design studio modern species ours was similar but we used instead of the 3 Ps we decided to get creative i guess and we went with 3 Es <laughs> and ours was ethics Ooh. which kind of <laughs> covers people and animals and you know other things like that environment which often covers the planet and then economy was our other E because we feel like in order to be truly sustainable any impactful efforts also have to be financially sustainable, both for the company to keep doing it, but also for the workers and the people involved in their suppliers, the whole supply chain needs to be financially sustainable. Otherwise, it's just extractive economy. And eventually, you're going to run out of that. You know, you're going to run out of people who can work at that wage, or you're going to run out of materials you can get for that cost, etc. So similar kind of model, but just having that framework always helps, right? Because it helps you just in meetings like, okay, what are we doing today about planet? Or, you know, whatever else. It's nice to have some categories.
0: Yeah, and if we're talking about the classic three piece we've also switched one word. So classically, it talks about profit. We've switched profit to products. Obviously, when you're part of the business, you cannot forget the profit part. But when we're communicating to our customers, what they care about more is the product part because that affects their business as well. So we've decided to to include this as one of our three Ps.
2: You're new-ish to this role, as you mentioned. What's been your biggest challenge so far as you're personally getting used to this role and or as a company, like in your term in this role, like what's been a biggest challenge so far?
0: I would say that this challenge applies for our company as such, not just my role. It's a challenge and it's also the most exciting part about our business. It's the scale of our business. You know, we're working internationally. We ship products to basically any location that you can imagine. And we have fulfillment centers across different regions. And the most challenging part is always to align all of these regions, you know, if we want to add some products they're not always available in all of these regions like stock levels are different we don't have to talk even about uh, our products uh, packaging like if we want to make some changes to our packaging the same thing like do we have the same supplier available across different regions do they support the same sizes the same type of materials and uh, I'm talking, of of course, about examples that I'm facing on a daily basis. But I believe that with any other position at Printful, these these challenges are similar. That we always have to think worldwide. Uh, like, how do we ha- how we will present this in the USA? What will happen in Europe? Like, you got the idea.
2: <laughs> Scale is like super important. I think sustainability because there's so many sustainability efforts that are fun PR pitch stories or just fun like ideas that are great to get a headline around something like one of my favorites is edible packaging, right? So there's always people trying to come up with instead of recyclable or compostable packaging, they think, you know, what if we could just eat our package? And that's a fun idea. But with the amount of products that people consume, (laughs) how many Let's just say, even Starbucks coffee cups, where some people go to Starbucks like four times a day, or at least they used to pre-pandemic, are people really going to eat four potato starch or or sugar cane cups a day? And if they do, like, what's the calorie count of that? Or like, are these made of GMOs? Like, there's just so many like question marks that come up with something like that because it doesn't scale, right? It's fun for a one-off thing, but when you have to think about something that's going to work in all these facilities. Across the world and common materials that you can get across all the different facilities and stuff—it's a whole different ball game that you're playing in. So that, that totally makes sense.
0: Exactly. That—that's the thing we we often face with our customers. Like they're asking, let's say, why don't you offer? Cornstarch packaging, like that was a great example. And yeah, if you want to buy like 100 or 1000 pieces of this certain type of packaging, it's super simple. You just place your order, you receive it. But once you start, you know, considering a different size, there are not even that many uh, suppliers available that can provide this amount for us and also it's not just like a one-time order. You have to keep supplying, and, and and you have to be sure that this chain will not be interrupted. So, it's it's a really difficult topic, and and, and the greater the size of the company, the more difficult it gets. And yeah, there are just so many unpredictable and like parts, like these moving parts.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And you also touched on the whole supply chain thing, which is you know on everybody's minds during this pandemic. That especially as international company like Yes. What you're helping run there is is incredibly difficult because borders get shut down or factories get closed or whatever. How are you gonna continue providing your products and your services when you can't even get the materials to do it? So that's a good point on like something exactly. like cornstarch packaging, right? Like are you gonna be able to get that all the time? And I would even then say like a full life cycle analysis of let's say recycled cardboard versus gmo corn with a bunch of pesticides and who knows what it took to process that like when you balance it out at the end of the day even though this cornstarch packaging seems flashy and cool it might actually be more negative impacts than just recycled cardboard right
0: i'm not against cornstarch packaging yeah, we just made
1: this up and now we're <laughs>
0: turning it over and <laughs> exactly yeah but sustainability is a super difficult topic because i don't think there's the right answer to any question. There are always like different options available. And probably the best possibility is to mix these options. Because if you focus on one option only, it means that it's not sustainable because eventually you will run out of that one resource.
2: Yeah, you'll become too dependent on it and everything will break when it's gone or cost will go through the roof or whatever. You you never really know. I think that's something that a lot of people realize for sure during this pandemic is you need to have maybe more than one source or have backup options or whatever else for your product. Yeah. So you mentioned that your customers are always asking for stuff as well, like whether it's more sustainable packaging or different product types. So do you have any examples of how you're helping your customers meet their own sustainability or responsibility goals?
0: Yeah, I would say that the... Most important part of the sustainability in our customers business is the on demand principle, like principle. It's also financially beneficial for them. So what on demand means is that we only make this product once somebody is placing an order. So if your end customer is buying a t-shirt in a certain size uh, with a certain design, We don't have a stock of your t-shirts pre-printed. We will take that certain size and color of of t-shirt, we will print it and we will ship it to your customer. That means that you don't have to keep stocks. So that's the financial benefit. But obviously it also has ecological benefits because we know what happens to stocks. Usually there are a lot of leftovers that are simply disposed of later on or burned. So yeah, that is the first thing. Then obviously the product range is very important. So we are growing our eco-friendly product catalog and we're focusing on products from organic, recycled and biodegradable materials Then the part that's probably not that tangible is the transparency of all the things. We are focusing on traceability. We always make sure that our customers see where these products are coming from, you know, the country of origin. We are providing all these uh, certificates that we acquire from our suppliers. So if we have these materials, our customers can use them as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's important because your customers likely want to also be able to make sustainability or impact claims for their customers, right? Because you're supplying businesses who eventually supply their own customer or consumer. So if they don't have anywhere to get that data or those certificates or whatever, then they've got nothing to claim. So even just providing that for them is helpful. Speaking of which, do you like help them make any calculations so they can claim like when they're selling a product that they bought through you, that by buying this eco version of this product, you're reducing X amount of carbon footprint or you've saved X number of trees or something. Do you have like a calculator or anything you provide your customers?
0: At the moment, we don't have such an option. We haven't concluded the life cycle analysis of our product just yet. It's a really great idea. We've considered it, but we're not there just yet.
2: And you mentioned that you're always kind of. Developing new products and especially more eco products, how do you go about deciding what products to develop? Is that based on what consumers your customers are asking you for? or Are you doing market trend analysis to see what things consumers want and then you're creating those before your customers even know they want that?
0: Well, I would say that our new product development team could answer this question <laughs> much better than I do because they are the ones, you know, responsible for this process. But what I've seen is that for sure we are checking uh, what our customers want. Like we have different uh, sources of feedback, like we receive customer feedback on social media from our customer support. We also have a specific landing page where uh, our customers can request certain things. So we review all those sources regularly. Yeah, then we also talk to our largest customers, uh, see what they need. And we just follow the trends because sometimes you don't have to wait for a customer to ask this. You can see on yourself that it's something that has to be added to the product catalog. (laughs)
1: Just a random question
2: for you and maybe this is better for the product development team too but conspicuous consumption which is often like Tom shoes or even the Toyota Prius where people bought it often because it was so obviously sustainable looking or was like everyone knew it to be impactful so they consumers partly buy it based on what it says about them you know I'm curious as your team is developing like eco products are they sometimes intentionally making them look eco because that's more appealing to a certain market or just be curious to know if you have any data on eco products that don't look eco do they sell equally as well or is there more demand for things that do look like they're made out of craft cardboard or they're obviously made out of recycled plastic or something like that instead of being kind of more transparently eco i guess
0: Well, about making claims, for sure, we don't make up any claims. Like we always clearly state the materials that are used. So if product looks eco-friendly because of the color or shape or whatever, it doesn't mean that it will be part of our product catalog. So it has to be, it has to reach a certain level of material. Like it has to be made out of certain materials and, uh, and the content level has to be high enough to, get into this eco-friendly collection. So I would say that, yeah, for sure, it's not something that you can make look more eco-friendly, but to explain the reasons why customers are choosing certain products more, I would say that the price point is always very important. We can look from this how we want, but the price plays a, a huge role always. And also the look of the product. So, um, we can see that maybe some like the cheapest products will always perform better i think that that happens uh, like that in in all the businesses but when there's something super trendy added to the catalog or or something very classy that looks good visually customers will buy that product no matter the fabric content or material content i think that we don't have to necessarily focus on whether this product is sustainable or not it's the look and, and, you know, like the way how this product performs. And ideally, all products are sustainable in an ideal world, of course.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That's the way I like to do things. I think in the early days of eco-friendly products or sustainability, everyone was making things look very eco because that's what that audience was looking for because they're used to looking through a store or a catalog or whatever and automatically eliminating anything that didn't already look you know craft paper or something like that yeah but i think more and more consumers and mainstream consumers are also looking for sustainability but they don't want to compromise on the look and feel or quality right so i think to all your points Make total sense that people are going to look for price, or they're going to look for quality, or they're going to look for something that looks nice, and then hopefully it's also sustainable as
1: well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the quality. I think I forgot to add this to the list because I think that quality is uh, very important. If you take a let's say sustainable product that you know is poorly made and won't hold up, then what is more sustainable? This rec- recycled material thing that will last for like a couple of months. Or this unsustainable thing that is, you know, in a very high quality and will last you for years. So it's really hard to say, but I always look for good quality products that that last a long time. And that's part of the sustainability as well.
1: Yeah,
2: totally. And even you said, like, what if it's an unsustainable product, but it lasts longer? But I would also say that that is a sustainability attribute, just exactly to your point. Yeah, especially the U.S. culture is obsessed with just like buying lots of stuff and they're used to just buying, let's just say, a pair of shoes that'll last them maybe six months of wear before the soles are destroyed. But they bought super cheap shoes that you can't resole, right? Instead of just going out and buying a nicer pair of shoes, that can be resold and will last longer like that I have pairs of shoes in my closet that I've, that I've owned for like 20 years granted I'm not wearing them every day but I've owned them for like 20 years because I rotate them out and then I can replace the soles when they actually do wear down and as long as I didn't destroy the leather the upper part of the shoe yeah. then that can be refurbished etc so I totally agree with you there that product quality especially how well it holds up is is a huge yeah. aspect of sustainability even if it's not made of recycled materials or you know i mentioned shoes made out of leather like vegans would not be happy about that but maybe if you buy a bunch of plant-based shoes that fall apart all the time what's the impact of that too right so it's tough to to pick any one attribute because it's yeah
0: yeah let's say you decided to become vegan but you have these shoes for 20 years already what do you do? Do you throw them away today because you you are vegan or you keep them because they're still, you know, holding up good? They, they serve the purpose? Yeah, these are really difficult questions. I don't think that anyone can answer them. The answer is based on your values and things that you believe, but it's a lot to think about.
2: Yeah, that's why I kind of tend to be a self-described realist idealist <laughs> in that. I do have these ideals, like I want to be sustainable, I want to be healthy, I want to be all that kind of stuff. But I'm also not going to be so hyper focused on it that my life just doesn't fit into reality anymore. And that like, like, to your point that I'm going to throw away my shoes because I became a vegan, or or something like that, like, I'm going to be realistic about my choices, but I'm going to still have that idealistic hope that anything new I buy at that point would be vegan or something like that. But but not get rid of throw the baby out with the bathwater, like that kind of expression. I'm not going to make bad choices just because I've made a new decision. Does that make sense? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's all fun information to have. So I'm curious, the sustainability and impact culture at Printful, I was looking on the website and I saw that there's notes about kind of like this growth mindset or, or something like that growth culture or something like that as part of the company and that, there's lots of different, maybe a sustainability committee and, and group and that there's causes that y'all give to, et cetera. Do you feel like the sustainability or, or social responsibility efforts at Printful are more a company culture thing that's driven by everyone at the company or, or, or are there kind of like top down, like the executives know that this is important, it's part of their ethos, part of their values and they ask everyone to do it or they kind of instilled that culture?
0: Well, I think that, you know, it's a really a mix of all these things. There are some questions, like, like some projects the top management is asking for. And then the team is implementing this project. But then there are a lot of ideas that the team actually comes up with and teams presenting these ideas. And then, then we're actually, you know, Fulfilling them. And there's also this customer element because customers can ask, you know, they can demand for certain things as well. And I would say that it's like a mix of all three forces. It just depends. For example, the, I'm not sure if you're aware of what all over print means. So we have this product category. It's called all over print product category. It's basically that's the only product category where we make things from scratch. So we print on the rolls of fabric. We cut out and sew apparel from scratch. And this is an example of our team effort. For example, uh, like our NPD team noticed, you know, like how much fabric we are actually wasting in this process. because it's very different from conventional manufacturing. Like you don't sew 500 similar dresses. Like you are making one-of-a-kind pieces and you have to like make the layout on this roll of fabric, like somehow try to save the space. And actually last year they were focusing on reducing this fabric waste and they managed to decrease it by like, if I'm not wrong, almost close to 10% start like comparing to, to the end of 2020 and then through 2021, it was a significant decrease in the fabric waste And they improved these print layouts. They also came up with um, products that are specifically made to reduce the fabric waste. So let's say you have a roll of fabric and imagine you are printing out a T-shirt. So it's a rather large thing to put on the fabric. So there is one side of the T-shirt and there is the other side of the T-shirt. And in between, there are these small pieces of fabric left. There's nothing much you can put on that fabric, but they've came up with products like scrunchies and headbands because they are so small in size and they could be fitted in between those print layouts. And yeah, it's a win-win situation. So there is a new product, there is less fabric waste, there's this ecological benefit as well.
2: Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. At our design studio, we practice sustainable design and some of that kind of either right-sizing your product to the press sheet or like using the whole press sheet, like if you're talking about like paper printing, for example. And we've done a lot of that too where, you know, we're printing maybe a pocket folder and there's unused space on the side of the press sheet so we know like, hey, let's make use of that and we'll, instead of just throwing it away, we'll print some extra business cards or a postcard or, you know, do something extra that we can get out of that sheet. Not only does it give the client more value for their money, but then it just doesn't waste that product, right? And then they didn't have to go out and buy all new business cards, you know, print, like starting the whole print process over again. So it's just smart use exactly. of materials. So that's that's really cool to hear that you're doing that. And I was actually going to ask what you do with like whatever scraps are left over. So it's, it's nice to know you're making other products out of them. I know a company here in the Seattle area that's called Refugee Artisan Initiative. And what they've been doing is taking a bunch of scraps from companies like Printful who have extra material left over or whatever, and they'll create products out of it, whether it's dog toys or whether it's like, I think one of the things they do lately have been taking waste from Amazon, like they'll get returns, shipments of bed sheets, for example, and you can't sell a used or opened bed sheet because you don't know what somebody did with that. So. Normally those would go into landfill or maybe if there's anywhere to recycle it which isn't super common right now maybe it would go there but what they've been doing instead is send those to the Refugee artisan initiative so that they can make scrubs for the medical industry so they you know thoroughly clean them and do all that kind of stuff so they're like new but then they cut up all these sheets and make custom fitted scrubs for all these medical workers in the area and so they're kind of like sort it's like a recycle upcycle kind of thing creating a valuable product, but it was out of something that would have just ended up in a landfill anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: that that's such a cool initiative. And, and I think that in the ideal case scenario, we should focus more on upcycling projects, like you mentioned, you know, instead of recycling, upcycling actually is a better solution, which is not always possible. But if there is this possibility, then it's re- really great to upcycle things and not waste this additional energy by recycling items.
2: I'm curious, what's 2022 looking like for you? Do you have any big ambitious goals in your department?
0: Well, haha, this is a question that I'm probably not ready to answer because uh, our goals like are we're just shaping these things and it's, you know, something that we are working on internally. We're just not ready to share these big plans to the public.
2: Okay. Well, how about I'll twist the question then instead. Do you have any pet projects that you're trying to get moving in the company? Something that you're super passionate about or excited about?
0: Yeah, I would say that the latest project that I couldn't say that I finalized it. I just, you know, published the, the first step. So uh, I've been working uh, lately a lot of on our sponsorship projects. So we've just uh, launched our sponsorship landing page. I believe it's very uh, helpful for those that are looking for help and basically to understand what type of help we can provide. The bigger the company grows, the more requests for sponsorship everybody is receiving, but every company is focusing on some certain area. So for us, it's education around IT and programming, and also we support the tech industry events and we focus heavily on inclusivity and diversity. So these are the three areas that we focus on. And finally, this information is available to the public so everybody can, you know, read what are the areas, so what type of support we can offer, see some examples of what we've done in the past. And as this page is launched now, we, of course, expect to receive more relevant requests in the future and focus on this area more.
2: Nice. Yeah. That's, that makes for a more efficient process instead of people just requesting anything and everything. And you have to spend the time responding. It kind of does a little vetting ahead of time, but also like plants your flag as in what's important to you. So that's cool too.
0: It's interesting, but also challenging at the same time, because as a human being going through those sponsorship requests you want to support everything, you know, <laughs> yeah. you feel like all these causes are so good. And if you could, you would support all of the things, but resources are limited and, and you have to narrow down your choice. And it's great if there are some rules in place and then those rules are, are, you know, clear for the person who's applying and also for the person that has to make this decision.
2: Yeah, I hear that. My agency, Modern Species, and therefore this program, Evolve CPG, is a member of 1% for the planet. And they have, you know, designated nonprofits that they've deemed kind of like fit their criteria. And then as a member, it gives me some framework of like, it helps me focus my giving a little bit more by finding groups that make sense within 1% for the planet. But then I still, they've got such a big network that I can still you know, find planet related things that also overlap with, like you were saying, equity and inclusion, um, diversity, etc. Or I can find planet based things that overlap with food or whatever else we're passionate about. So it's nice to have a little framework there. But what I've always wanted to do slash thought about doing is set up like a grant program for our, our pro bono type giving. So we both we give monetary, like give cash uh, to nonprofits, but we also give our time away, both volunteering time and some of our design time but yeah when you're getting requests from anyone and everyone it's hard to say no to a good cause right especially especially when you're working in a social responsibility like sustainability agency it's hard to say no so I've always wanted to set up a program just to like have some framework but I, I haven't done that yet
0: yeah and I think you also mentioned a very important thing that there has to be like the support has to go beyond money. It's it's not only about financial support. There are so many things that a company can give to others. Like if you are an expert in a certain field, you can support by educating others. Also, what you mentioned, like design services. Did I catch that right? I think Correct, you mentioned yeah. the designs, right? Yeah. So these are the things that we are also great at. And we can provide these like, you know, design services or store setup services, uh, for a greater cause. Of course, it's not something that, you know, like we provide just for everybody that is asking, but if this, um, the cause of this organization or project aligns with with our values, definitely everything that goes beyond financial support is also on the plate.
2: Nice. That's great. So I know we're running out of time, but before we go, I'd love to see if you have any advice you could share for other companies who are trying to reduce their footprint or just become more responsible in general?
0: Yeah, this is a really tough question. And I don't think it's possible to answer it very precisely. But I think the best advice I could give is to start doing things right now, to not wait for the right moment, you know, for the perfect product, for the perfect packaging, because most likely it will never happen you have to start improving step by step. And I would also say that you have to be ready to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of the mistakes. And it's okay to ask for help. I think that the further you get in your journey, the more important it is to ask for expert advice, like to maybe involve some external advisors, you know, like, some professionals that could suggest to do the right thing. But at early stages, it's very important to also just chat with people, not necessarily from your own field, but like if we're talking about sustainability, find people that focus on sustainability from a completely different field. Just ask them out for a coffee, like chat a bit, you can learn so, so many great things. And this is something that we do at Printful a lot. We constantly set up experience exchange calls with just, you know, companies that are around us, like companies that inspire us. We just, you know, look people up on LinkedIn or or Facebook. We send them an email and say, hey, would you like to chat for like, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. It's a really great opportunity. At first, it's it's pretty scary. You think like, oh, it's strange. Why, why would I ask someone this question? What will they think about me? But usually people are very open and it's always just fun and very beneficial for both sides to to talk about the things that you are doing on your daily life and even the struggles, you know, the challenges that you face and you can get some some good learnings from completely different industry. For example, I've recently had a chat with like a food market chain,
1: supermarket or grocery store, yeah.
0: Yeah, supermarket, yeah, yeah, grocery market chain and their sustainability manager like gave a really good insight on products because of course they're also like selling eco-friendly organic food and the idea behind it is very similar, you know, to sustainable clothing. It, it's not the same, but the learnings are the same and and he's from a completely different industry, but you can learn a lot of things, even though you're not expecting that.
2: That's awesome. I especially love that last bit of advice about just like having conversations and talking to people and learning from each other. Because that's something I've always done just instinctively throughout my career. I just love collaboration with people in different fields or that come from a different background, but also just conversations with interesting people are fun, which is why I run this podcast, right? It's like, I want to have these conversations. So running a podcast is a good excuse for it. And then I get to share those conversations with other people so that they can be part of them as well.
0: Yeah. And you know, like for you, it's something that you enjoy that comes naturally. For me, for example, I'm not the type of person that like is actively reaching out on my own. And I'm always afraid. I, I always feel uncomfortable doing these things. So if there's somebody out there who is just like me, (laughs) my suggestion is just to set a personal goal. I don't know, have one exchange call per month or like two exchange calls, like whatever the goal is, but just set some goal that basically like you have to do it. It's on your to-do list. You have to actively reach out, put it on your schedule, and just do it. So that's how I approach this question because for me, it's uh, certainly scary and doesn't come naturally.
2: Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's in every country, but a a resource I found for doing that recently is called Lunch Club. It's lunchclub.com. And you just go in there and you fill out all the things that you're interested in and a little profile on you. And then they use an artificial intelligence kind of back program to kind of match you with other people. And you just pick a time in your day like, let's just say Friday at one o'clock and then they'll on Monday send you a, a connection that you can make and they say, hey, do you want to meet with this person at Friday at one o'clock the time you designated? And you can say yes or no. But if you say yes, it automatically sets up a meeting invite and schedules a Zoom and, and all you have to do is show up and have a conversation. So Whoa. if you are... This
0: is great that yeah, you said
2: lunch club. com, And again, I'm not sure if it's available in every country or whatever but it's been a a nice little resource for like random connections because otherwise what I've normally done is I just go to a lot of events like online events lately because of the pandemic but like just go to events and you're gonna meet interesting people in like networking sessions and then you can always schedule a time later to follow up with them but otherwise yeah where do you find the person that you want to talk to you just have to do like a bunch of research and awkwardly reach out but something like lunch club does it for you so
0: that's what I do (laughs) This suggestion that takes away a lot of friction, you know, I will certainly have a look because yeah, it is scary. Like, how do you approach random people that you've never met in your life?
2: Yeah, especially I mean, there's people that I've sent LinkedIn messages or emails to from their contact on their website for years, and they never respond, you know, (laughs) like, so it's tough. Like, some people are great at responding. Some people don't. But, but to your point, like, just go out there and do it. Like, what do you have to lose? Right? It's a little bit Maybe causes some anxiety. You you don't get
0: the, yeah, well, what happens if they don't respond? Like, exactly nothing. Like, (laughs) you didn't lose anything.
2: Yeah. And then it's also a a good time to just plug the Evolve CPG community, which is just community.evolvecpg.com, because that's also a great place where if you're more of an introvert, you can just chime in via chat. (laughs) If you're more of an extrovert, you can ping people directly in the messaging or set up a little one-on-one with them there. But you know, we've got over 100 people that all care about making a positive impact and come from different backgrounds. So I'd say if anyone listening is interested in doing more connecting, pop into the community and, and connect away. With that said, I know we're kind of a little past time, so I shouldn't let you get going. But I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to share a little bit more about what you're up to and your background and your passions and what Printful's up to and And providing more sustainable on-demand solutions. So so thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: It's been super exciting and stressful for me as an (laughs) introvert, as you know now. But yeah, thank you very much
2: for having me.
1: Awesome. Cheers. Subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel for more innovator interviews, expert advice, and leadership discussions. If you like this episode, leave a heart, thumbs up, or review and share it with your colleagues. As an ever-evolving show, we also love feedback, so send us your thoughts or ideas for who we should talk to next to evolve at modernspecies.com. Business can be a powerful force for good. Is your brand living up to its full potential? Go to evolvecpg.com to learn about our new impact workshop, Exponential Good. Over six weeks, we'll be thinking bigger, getting relevant, spreading throughout, going exponential, working backwards, and making it real so you can walk away with a clear vision and a detailed action plan for scaling your brand's positive impact exponentially. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Printful, go to printful.com.